So episode two, welcome. And this episode, we are going to be talking about what? How to negotiate, what are good negotiation techniques, and how to pick the right title company. That one's important. Cold calling and how to win, how and when to use a virtual assistant. And then we will also be talking about what our biggest mistake to date is. So don't miss out. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right, so we are in episode two of the Ask Wholesale Show, and uh, let's do a quick recap of who we are, If, in case you haven't seen episode one. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, first off, I'm Marco Romero. I used to do wholesaling a lot, myself individually, and then now I've started with Hillary, uh, started Hilco Homes, and we are growing a team here in San Antonio. We're doing a lot of great things, and we want to share more info with you. So that's what we're doing here. And just in case you guys don't know how Hilco came about, the word Hilco, Hilco, Hillary, Marco combined. Wonderful. Job. I kind of guessed it without even knowing them. Yeah. We're cheesy like <laughs> that. If you guessed it, put it in the comments. We're Let us like know that you already guessed it. Because we love each other. Anyway, I'm married to this goon right here. Goon? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> My name's Hillary. I am part owner, but also the closing coordinator for Hilco. So I just make sure all of the documentation that the title company needs to do closing on time is obtained and we get everything done and we close hopefully without any um, errors or issues. You keep everyone on track. I try, I try to anyway. Sometimes it's out of my hands and out of my control. And <laughs> my name is Aaron Bettis. I am an acquisitions partner. So my job is, like I said in episode one, is to acquire the properties from motivated sellers or anybody that needs help selling their house that needs some type of work. So that's what my job and is. And he's awesome. He finds all the best deals. Yes. Yeah, he does. All right, so we have some questions that we received from our Facebook community. So Thank FYI, you. if Thank you, you guys. aren't following us on Facebook, go ahead and do so, and Instagram. Um, but we just wanted to share some of these questions with you and just answer them for you. So the first question we, we received is, what is one good negotiation technique? So for <laughs> me, it's actually, I've learned to kind of let the, let the seller speak, listen to what their problems are understand why they're trying to sell or why they need the money and you from stole my answer man <laughs> you stole my answer he actually taught me negotiating uh <laughs> but yeah that's kind of what i do is let the, let the seller listen to what their problems are and, and kind of go from there to see how i can help them based off of everything that they have going on what's the best route for everybody that's good i i would say uh for negotiation um you know what this is kind of overlooked a lot. A lot of people um, miss the first phone call, the first communication. Uh, they miss that opportunity to negotiate with the owners. A lot of people will do uh, what Aaron says and they'll just kind of talk and they'll build rapport and they'll listen, those type of things, but they never really get down to numbers and that's a missed opportunity. Every conversation you have with the seller and the supplies of the buyers and the investors as well is an opportunity to move the ball in the direction that you need to move it towards. It's a negotiation opportunity. So in that first phone call, uh, make sure that you walk away from that phone call with two components. The first one is that the owner 
needs to know what your number is, what number you need to purchase a property for. And then the second thing is you need to know what the owner's number is, what they're thinking uh, they want for the property. And what this will do is not only give you the insight of how hot this lead is, this is a priority, we're really close on numbers, or we're really far, I'm gonna put this in a follow-up sequence, but also psychologically for the seller, uh, if you're close, great, they kind of get motivated and want to do it, but even if you're far, you've prepped them for the type of price range that you need to get them at uh, from the beginning. So every uh, conversation moving forward from there has a context built into it. So uh, don't miss the first phone call as a no negotiation opportunity. That's a good point. Good point. Okay, so the third question we got was, how does cold calling work with wholesale? So, so cold calling, I actually started doing cold calling about a month ago. Do you like it? I do like it because it's, well, it's different, but I've actually, I've been cussed at and stuff as well. <laughs> they're like, uh... Well, that's kind of the fun of it. It's yeah. like Russian roulette, you never know. It's weird because they're happen. like, boys well, are for sale sign on there? And I'm like, well, no, but some people don't know that they want to sell unless the question's brought to them. So for us, it works a lot because, believe it or not, they're like, I'm not ready to sell now, but I will be in two months. And so then, okay, shoot, I put their address down and follow up with them in two months. And so cold calling is a way to generate maybe not a lead now, but for sure a future lead within three weeks, a month from now, because they're ready to sell at that time. Mm -hmm. What do you think about some of those phone calls that you heard when we were like, when you were when, when we, we first, first started dating, you heard some of the phone calls of people going crazy. When we first started, we used to get some really crazy calls, and I, I was like, this is legal, right? We're not <laughs> like we're not gonna get in trouble because this guy's threatening to sue us. And no, I mean. You know, we get a lot of angry calls, like, take us off your letter. We got a couple that were, they were like, take me off of this list. And I'm like, and then they kept hanging up. And I was like, okay, but lady, I need your address because you're not the only person we're calling. Like, <laughs> I can't take you off. You're going to keep yeah. getting these mailers, these letters, um, unless you tell me your address. So uh, we would have to text a bunch and and kind of go through that route. But we don't, I, don't, I don't hear them anymore just because I kind of handle the middle portion. Um, so... Anyway, uh, when it comes to cold calling, I actually really like cold calling myself. I don't like it. <laughs> That's just me personally. I'm like, I'm not behind the scenes magic wonder worker. You like to deal with people that have already said, all right, let's do this transaction. I just. They're just, already like. I don't committed. like to be in the center of attention. You don't like to be yelled at. Yeah. Well, yes, I don't, I don't like <laughs> conversation. Uh, but anyway, I really liked uh, cold calling. A lot of wholesalers, especially when they first start out, they try and avoid um, doing the cold calling or just calls in general. They try and look for more like uh, efficient ways, maybe like uh, have uh, other people do it or like uh, do emails or you know those type of things. But I always liked the the leads that had a phone number with them because those leads are gold in the sense that once you can get somebody on the phone, you can have a real conversation with them makes it that much easier to uh, get to an agreement. If I can get somebody on the phone, I can win them over in some capacity. I might not get them to the price that I want, but I can get them to at least like me or ha be willing to have a conversation with me most of the time. And I think if you have that, if you're on the phone, you have a higher chance of getting the people in the direction you need. And then even the step of be beyond that is if you can get in front of people, uh, you know, always try and get in those situations. Uh, it's only going to make you have a higher success rate. So. I've seen I've seen him do it. He's right. It works. 
Yes. Yeah. You want to be in front of people, so. So I apologize for those of you guys who caught that I went from question one to question two. I mean, to three. I skipped question number two. So question number two. They that can't we see that. You just routed your, routed yourself out. Oh damn, that's true. I don't true. think you said the question two. But well, no, I okay. said question. Th I said the third question. So I did. Anyway. <laughs> whatever, I skipped number two. You're doing great. You're just <laughs> picking whatever order you want. It's all good. So the question I skipped was, how do you pick the right title company for you and for your team? Um, I think that we, in our scenario, we, we love our title people. This was a relationship that was built before Hilco even really kind of formed itself. Do a shout out. Our shout out is Alamo Title. We, we love our uh, Dee Dee Jackson, <laughs> Lindsay Gleason, Lisa Cortez, and Carissa Sal. Sado, I think. Oh, you were on Saldano. a roll. Saldano. 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 Krista, we, we Krista, apologize. Krista, we love you. We love you, and we appreciate all your help. <laughs> um, anyway, we already had the title company, so it was a really easy decision for us to make. This was a title company. Marco's been working with Didi for a while, um, but really, if you're starting out, I would interview different title companies, ask if they are familiar with investment type uh, transactions, because some of them really don't want to focus on it and some of them do so you it's really just a conversation to have with multiple title companies and see which one kind of fits best for what you're looking to do what, what you can do is ask for referrals um, if you work with some investors or you know investors say hey who do you mm -hmm. who do you use as a title company and those investors have probably filtered out a few people to pick who they work with and so that might be an easy way for you to find them like she said earlier ask them if they do investment property type deals because there's a lot of title companies that deal with the standard retail sale type properties and they don't understand the world of investment real estate, so they're not gonna be able to help you. You want somebody that's going to be able to track down errors, that know how to clear up title, that do some of the dirty work, uh, so that they're actually a valuable member to your team. Um, and then I would say like a red flag on uh, title companies are the ones that are like slow to respond to you and mm -hmm. yeah. like, so what are some of the pet peeves you have when it comes I to I really do. Well, since I have to communicate with the title company a lot and that's primarily my job in this company, um, I if you don't respond or give me updates and I'm always constantly asking you for updates, I have no problem with being annoying. I will email <laughs> you every day if I feel like you're not listening or responding. Um, I really you like, annoying? No, surely not. I really <laughs> like uh, quick responses, and I if I can get updates without having to ask for them all the time, then you won't hear from me very often. As long as I'm informed, so I can inform my acquisition partner, who therefore informs the buyers and the sellers. So we're all um, we're all with the same communication. I think communication is key, honestly. So that's, if I, you know, I've had a couple of title companies we've had to use for other transactions and um, I won't name any names or any, any companies, but I just don't prefer them. And so if it's our choice, we go with our girls over at Alamo Title. Um, and another quick uh, way to find title companies too is if you are familiar with realtors, if you know real, of realtors, realtors also use title companies in their transactions. So I would definitely um, ask them who they use, have used in the past for successful transaction closings and they can also help with some guidance. That was great. All right, awesome. on to question number four now. Are we, are we sure? I'm not, sure it's not number five four. or seven. <laughs> Okay, so some of for some of you out there who are more experienced wholesalers, we've gotten a question that was, when should I get a VA, which is a virtual assistant? My answer to that is like as soon as possible. 
because time is precious. Right. Well, you got to be thinking, um, even if you're just a one-person setup from a wholesale standpoint, if you can uh, set some money aside to be able to pay uh, a virtual assistant, they're only going to help you focus your time on the high-value actions or the money-making actions. Um, and it allows you to be more efficient with your what actions you're taking. And they're not very expensive. Uh, we have virtual assistants. We pay right around $5 an hour. Um, there's some, you know, that's probably a, a, on the lower end. Um, but if you can find somebody just, you don't even have to have them full time. You can have somebody like two hours a day, you know, five days a week. And uh, something they can easily afford and really have some, uh, added benefits. Mm -hmm. How do y'all use our VA? Well, first of all, we love our VA. She's awesome. Um, I wish we could clone her and have <laughs> multiple VAs. <laughs> um, but how do we use her? We, If there's tasks we need to do in our CRM or reminders, follow-ups, uh, we kind of reach out to her. She can get all of that taken care of for us so we don't have to spend time really going in there doing a lot of data entry. Um, she's wonderful with that, but she also likes to send out all of our blasts to all of our um, investor networks. Our so email blasts. Our email blast distribution list. So if you want to get on that, let us know. We need your name and your email. Yeah, um, message on this video. Message we'll us put on this you, video. We'll put you on there. You can see um, properties. We always have properties coming in, and she's the one who uh, basically sends out those email blasts that you see. If you are on our list, she's the one who does that. So she really helps out on a lot of the tedious stuff that's just really time consuming. It's it's not super hard to do, but it's we'd rather have our people doing what they're focusing on so we can keep closing and getting more deals. Another thing she does too is she helps with mailers. So if a mailer goes out and somebody doesn't want to sell their home, they actually contact her first to see if it's even worth pursuing. And then if it's a good lead, she will send it to us, which is acquisition partners, and then we start working it. Right, that's a good so point. it kind of helps us to we we don't have to answer those phone calls. She's already doing it because it allows us to kind of keep working whatever leads we already have that are good leads. And it just yeah, she like, really just filters out. She filters out all of like the leads that just aren't going to work out. Right. So it saves a lot of our acquisition partners time from wasting time on the wrong leads, people that are definitely not interested in selling their property. The, the curious from the serious. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Cur curious from the serious. We need to have like some like a, a graphic come up from that. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Okay, so then our last uh, question for this episode, episode two, is what is your biggest mistake to date regarding wholesaling? I have a huge mistake. Those are the best ones. <laughs> Let's hear it. Still dealing with it. Um, so it was one of my like first or second deals that I had got contracted. So it was basically, I was still learning negotiating. I was still learning how to talk with sellers and still learning how to get a rehab number. Anyways, I made an offer to someone at a very high price. Well, I wouldn't say very high, but it was high for this particular property. And we thought we can get it done. We're still trying to get it done. Uh, but in reality, we actually needed to be, I basically contracted it twice the price that we should have. And so we're getting a lot of pushback how to get extensions on the contracts. And so the moral of the story is, I basically what I did is this seller had said, well, I got somebody else who's offering me this much, and it was more than what I originally offered. And I went ahead and just jumped the gun and said, well, then I'll do this much over. And he was like, okay, let's do it. And it turns out that this person that he originally had was like an owner finance deal, it wasn't straight cash. And 
So my biggest mistake was jumping the gun and just throwing an offer out. And so I've learned to never throw out an actual solid number, maybe ballpark ranges, because then I'm shooting myself in the foot, basically what I'm doing right now. So yeah. That's a good learning lesson. What yeah. about you, Love? Um, You've had lots of years of experience. Like, well, I would say probably biggest mistake is on the uh, hiring side. Um, you know, obviously, you, as you do this, you're you're naturally going to be wanting to look to grow and see how you can um, be able to do more. And the natural inclination of that is to bring on team members and have different people fill different roles. And um, you know, a, a big mistake is just kind of bringing on anyone or everyone, in essence, whoever raises their hand first. Uh, that was like my um, the first way in which I brought on team members and uh, at the time I thought it was great because they said they wanted to do it we worked out you know good uh, split on on commissions that made sense for them and made sense for for me and I thought this was a you know a great way to move forward but what I realized is that if you don't do a good job filtering the individuals that you are going to let into your inner circle in a sense our family this yeah. is our family. That's right, part <laughs> of our family. family. Uh, then you'll put all this time, all this energy, all this you know, blood, sweat, and tears. And um, if a person doesn't want to become better themselves or put in the hard work themselves, there's n no words that you can give to that individual to change them. And if it, if you spend all this time, all this energy, you pour, 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 giving to try and grow that individual. Uh, and it doesn't work out, you lose out on all that time, all that effort, plus the, the you know, emotional burden of like, why didn't it work out, and you question yourself. So, you know, the learning lesson there has not just let anyone in, be selective with the individuals that you want to help grow and train, uh, especially if you have a lot of the knowledge and experience and value to give and make it to where um, they'll value it. Make sure you pick people that will value the value that you're giving. And um, so you don't waste what time and energy. What was that term you were saying the other day? Which one? Hire slow. Yeah, hire, well this is, this is pretty common saying. Make sure you hire slow, but fire quick. So that uh, you're only letting the good people in, you're filtering, 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 and they get in. And if you made a mistake with picking the wrong person or you made a gut decision and it wasn't the right one, um, you know, cut your ties early so that uh, you don't waste too much time and energy on them. So find the persistent, not the inconsistent. Exactly. Hey, you just got, yeah, where are you coming up with all these we things? We have that like, Jeez. apparel yeah. made now. Yeah, you, you haven't written down over no, here or what? What's going like on? You just came up with two cool ones. <laughs> I'm, naturally, I'm naturally good like that. Huh? <laughs> Did you come up with Ghost Spurs Go too or what? <laughs> no. All right. Uh, well, that's all the questions we got for this episode. So. Are you sure? I'm positive. Sorry for the... Mm -hmm. You confused me. Well, I know I've, I verbally said we're, we're on our third question, and I skipped number two. Yeah. So I She's didn't. a little tired. Yeah. I, little, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a baby, so, you know. Hey, she's a toddler now. Well, she's a handful. She's definitely that. Well, um, thank you very much for joining us. We are, uh, we're glad to go over these questions. Uh, we wanted to share information, so make sure that you like. What else can they do? Comment, share. Comment, share. And if you have any questions. That's right. Reach out. Post Reach some out. questions and we will pick your questions and have them on future episodes. 
So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? I'm Juan Bustos, Acquisitions Manager with Hilco Homes here. Um, and what we are is basically just a wholesale company. Um, and we're looking for quality individuals to join the team. Uh, and I wanted to give you a little bit of a background as to why I joined and why I'm still continuing to uh, on this path with Hilco. Uh, a couple years ago, I wanted to get into real estate. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue how to even start. And uh, I reached out to my partner, Marco, and we uh, uh, started working together. I, all I did was ask for some advice and his willingness to help and guide me was a huge uh, help throughout this entire process. And um, we kind of forged that into a partnership. We started bringing on some more people and uh, I went from trying to negotiate a thousand dollar deal to uh, you know, picking up, trying to negotiate 56 units, which is going to be one of our biggest deals if we can lock it down and get it done. A couple of years ago, I would have never even thought about trying to negotiate 56 units. Uh, but with the teamwork and guidance that I received at Hilco from Marco, from the other team members, um, I was, I, I'm able to even contemplate that. And, and, and that's growth right there just by being part of a team. Because um, we don't want, we don't just want to have individuals be acquisitions or sales or whatever it may be. We want people to grow into investors. We want people to grow as people so that they can accomplish what their goals are. So if you want to join us, if this is where you think, if you think this is going to be a good fit for you, reach out to us on Facebook, um, inbox us, email us, whatever it may be, and uh, we'll uh, get you started on the hiring process.